between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. morning and Lord we thank you for another wonderful another wonderful appointment with you in your word I pray come and bless us this morning we, we surrender to your spirit fully this morning I ask Lord that your, you will come and help our hearts Father to find the words that you want to say to us today come and make the edge of your soul sharp, Lord, to travel deep, Lord, into our soul, Lord, I pray for also binding up and healing that will occur by your spirit this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Come and pour your dew upon our heart. Someone said, let my doctrine distill as the dew. Lord, I pray, let your doctrine fall upon our heart this morning. Thank you for, <clears throat> come and make the ground of our heart a good ground, a good soil. Lord, to receive, receive from you this morning. Come and help my, my heart to fellowship with your, your whole thought, the wholeness of your thought this morning. And that your counsel will come forth in Jesus' name. <clears throat> pray. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Good morning to you. Okay, let's open our Bibles to Revelation chapter 11. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Amen. Revelation 11. Um, if you are there, say amen. Okay, let's read from Rinka, do you want to help me, please? Thank you, Jesus. From verse 1. Revelation 11 from verse 1. And there was given, and there was given me a reed like unto a rod. Mm. And the angel stood, saying, Rise, and measure the temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles and the holy city. Shall they tread underfoot forty and two months? Mm. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. Verse 4. And these are they, and these are the two olives and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceeded out of their mouth and devoured their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues, as often as they will. Mm. 
And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Verse 8, And their dead bodies shall lie in the secret of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and kindred and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and half, and shall suffer and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. And after three days and half and half and an half they the spirit of life from God entered into them, mm. and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And when they, had, and when they heard a great voice from heaven, saying unto them, Come up either. And they ascended up to heaven in the cloud, and their enemies beheld them. Amen. Amen. And the same hour was there a great, and this, and the same hour was there a great earthquake. And the tenth part of the city fell, and in the earthquake was slain of men seven thousand, and the remnants were, and the remnants were affrighted. Remnant, yeah. And the remnants were affrighted and gave glory to the God the of God heaven. God of heaven, praise God, Amen. That's thank you, Amen. Praise the Lord. Our chapter thirteen, verse. Amen. Chapter 13, verse 3. Okay, from verse... Let's just read from verse 1. Revelation 13, it yes. says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet was like the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. Mm. And, the dra- and the dragon gave him his power, and his seat, and great authority. And I saw one of his head as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wandered after the beast. Mm. Verse 4, And they worshipped the dragon, mm. which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and powers was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth sh- shall worship him, mm-hmm. whose names are not written in the book of the Lamb, oh, slain of from, in the book of the life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. Okay. If any man have an ear, let him hear. Let him hear. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So in verse... Um, 
in verse 4. In verse 4, it says that they worshipped the dragon and gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, and who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to to continue 40 and 2 months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in where? In heaven. And then power was given unto him to make war with the saints, to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and what? And nation. Amen. Verse 6 says he opened his mouth and blas- in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that do what? Them that dwell where? In heaven. Praise the Lord. Um, so you see that he, um, the, the beast was empowered in Verse 2, the power which he had, verse 2, said, The beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power, and his seat, and what? And great authority. Amen. So the empowerment of the this man called the beast, right? Because this, we know this man, and we can tell that this man, we know he's a man, right? We know the beast is not a leopard or anything like that. The beast is a man because later he said that, that he who had wisdom, let him count. Verse 18, I hear his wisdom, let him that had understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. And his number is 600, <clears throat> three score, and six. Praise God. Um, now, here, there's, there are two beasts here. There's the first beast, the, the one who rose out of the sea. Um, verse one. So I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise out of, up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and Upon his horns, ten crowns, and upon his head, the name of what? Blasphemy. Then, verse 11, say, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. So the first one, he said, came out of the sea, right? Verse 11, he said, I, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb. And he speak two horns, had two horns like a lamb, and he speak as he what, as a dragon. And verse 12, he exercised all the power of the first beast before him and caused the earth and them which worship therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And later you say this beast is the number of a man. So there are two beasts here, but it's one beast. Um, it's actually one, one beast, but it's showing 
two aspects of him. They're showing the first aspect, which is the when he, these are two seasons of the beast, that two times or two seasons of his own coming or his own advent, that first of all, he will rise up out of the sea. So it's the beast that rose, that rose out of the sea that the dragon directly gave what his power. The beast that rose out of the sea, the dragon that directly gave what his, his power, he gave his seat, and he gave him what? Great authority. But then there is another one, the one who is rising out of the earth. That one, he doesn't say that the dragon gave him his power. He said he exercised all the power of the what? Of the first beast. So the second beast is actually um, the, when the second beast emerges, is the time for the exercise of the power which the first beast was raised to receive. Praise God. <clears throat> now, rising out of the sea, the sea, when you're talking about sea, sea here in the book of Revelation is talking about the, uh, let's see in Revelation chapter 17. <clears throat> Revelation 17. Where the we saw the woman in verse verse one, Revelation seventeen verse one. Okay, read it. Praise God. Revelation seventeen verse one. Yes, sir. And there came one of the seven angels, which mm. had the seven vows, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come either, yeah. and I will shew unto thee mm-hmm. the judgment of the great all. Yes. That seated upon many waters, uh-huh. with whom the kings of the earth have committed uh-huh. fornication, okay. and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine. With the of wine of our fornication. So you saw that this woman, um, the judgment of the great whore, that whore that seated upon many, many waters, right? And if you read verse, go down this same chapter, read verse fifteen. <clears throat> And he said unto me, mm-hmm. The waters which thou sowest were the sorry, verse 15, mm. Revelation 17, 15. Mm. And he said unto me, yes, sir. The waters which thou sowest were where the all seated mm-hmm. are the peoples, are peoples and the multitudes and nations and tongues. And tongues, praise God. So the waters which the woman seated upon are what? They are peoples and multitude and what? Nations. So so when they say many waters, um, waters, many waters means sea. A sea is a mixture, is a place where waters flow into. All right, so when they said the woman seated upon many waters, it means she's actually sitting upon a sea that is a mixture of waters. Do you understand? It's a sea. And it said that, that those waters where she seated upon are actually peoples and multitudes and nations and what and tongues. So the what the woman is sitting on is the different distribution of souls of men. Praise God. Different what? Distribution. Now if she's sitting upon peoples, multitude, nations and tongues, she's not sitting on tongue physically. So if she's not sitting upon them physically, 
it means that she's sitting upon them in another dimension, which is in the realm of their soul, that where souls are represented in the spirit, that you can find this woman sitting upon them and having influence over them. Do you see that? Now, so the sea, the way they are using the language of sea here, um, the beast that rose up out of the sea is talking about this beast will rise up out of the multitude of peoples and what? More, and peoples are multitude and nations and what? And tongues. So out of their mixture. Now the, the purpose of the world is to is to is to bring about dominion right upon the souls of men and to cause the dominion of darkness, I might say the world, the purpose of the world, is to cause the dominion of darkness to be able to travel far, very far into all the different places where God scattered men into. According to from Genesis chapter 11, when he scattered men on the earth, that scattering, it wasn't like a forceful thing. It was just shifting something in their soul. They began to, people began to pick different kind of portion out of the nature of man, they picked their different portion and went their own way based on their different soul characteristics. And those who have the same soul characteristics, those people who gather together and form either a people or a nation or a tribe, something. So what, what actually linked tribe from beginning? The beginning of tribe, about characteristic, wasn't from DNA at first. It was first in difference of distribution of soul characteristic which is language, it's an attribute. Language is a summary of the inward nature of the soul. The Chinese man speaks like a Chinese man. A, an African man or Yoruba man speaks like a Yoruba man. There's something with his language and his kind of soul. Praise the Lord. So you see this, that distribution was done um, a long time. But now this woman, you see the, the program of Revelation chapter 17 is for... The purpose of this woman is to bring about preparation, to prepare the stage for the beast that carried her, right? The beast that is carrying her, that beast has to operate in a certain way. And the beast, actually, you will not see the beast emerge until the woman has fulfilled her job, which is the woman, there are things that the woman has to pour and pass into all the people and all the nations and all the tribes upon the earth. And those people have to inherit her substances. What are her substances? The substances of wine which she has, which through kings. So when you see here the word kings, the kings on the, on the earth has to do with the people who have dominion on the earth over tribes and people. Praise the Lord. The people who have what? Dominion on the earth over what? Over, over um, people, multitude, and what? Nations, and what? And tongues. Now, over time on the earth, the concept of nationality and tongue is changing. It has been, it's changing over time. It has to undergo stages of change in order to get to the end. Praise God. Now, Right from, if you go way, way back, the demarcation of nations and tongues was 
mainly strictly um, adherent to geographical positioning of men. So when you, you have to, to find people with a different kind of soul, you have to physically travel to different pla another place, another dominion, another kind of people. You find, ah, this is the way they are. They have their own different kind of culture and different way that they behave. Praise God, because of that separation, they traveled in different directions upon the earth. So you saw soul, so tribe of soul was matching the physical tribe in terms of geographical location, praise God. And of course, even in terms of genetics of the body, because if people are in the same place together, after a while their genes begins to mix and they begin to look more and more and more and more alike, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. so, that's how you saw the distribution of the earth. Now, you now see at this time, when it's coming towards the end, um, the, praise God, the, like I said before, what is driving man, the, the, the vision of spirits who are driving men on the earth is to make men inherit the nature of a God. To inherit the what? Nature of God. The, the, the spirits who are servants of the kingdom of darkness want men to inherit this, the nature of the devil. That's their goal. The goal of the kingdom of darkness is to bring the nature of Satan, that destroyed, rebellious nature, to make that the inheritance of all men. And also, God's own plan is to make all men inheritors of his own life and men, make men inheritors of what? Of his own, his own nature. Praise God. Now, but the thing with God's is that there's a way, there's a, way a God is. Um, a God needs, it needs absolute preeminence. It's, an ins it's, a, it's a need within a God. It's an attribute of a God. If you see a God and the God say, let's share it, take some, I take some, he's not a God. He's not, he's not exhibiting the property of a God. By doing that, doesn't make him a God. Because one of the main properties of a God is that the God must have what? Must have dominion. So it's very clear. The story will never end with God and Satan sharing territory. One God must win the other one. One God must, one God will have, must have preeminence and absolute dominion. So gods are beings of dominion. Dominion is woven into their fabric. What makes them gods is the, is the force of dominion which they carry, which doesn't stop for anything. It either, it either kills or it dies. You know what I mean? That's the nature of a God. So, so you see, on the earth, we, are, we have two kingdoms on the earth. You know, beside all we are doing, there are just two kingdoms who are just trying to fight for the souls of men. That's all that's happening on the earth. There's nothing, of all the busy things going on, there's just two things, just this simple thing is what's going on on the earth that's been going on for a long time, just two kingdoms trying to have what, how, trying to have an everlasting or eternal dominion over souls of men. Amen. Now, to do that, you see, by, when you understand the nature of a God, or the nature of God, a God doesn't leave any sphere untouched. A God doesn't leave any sphere untouched. So, when you saw on the earth, God, Satan can never say, okay, let's just, let's leave Africans for God. Let's focus on the white race. 
or let's focus on the Asians, or let's focus on this other group of people. Let's just, this other guy, let's just, let's live, let's satisfy God and give him. And the same thing, the God of heaven, Elohim, will not surrender any people to this, to the devil. Even the most wicked kind of people that you feel like these ones are devil, these people, they are devil, they are one. Let's just leave them and go away, praise God. But God will never surrender any, as long as any person has traits of what he created. He has residue of what, the summary of everything he, he made in Adam. As long as you, are, you cut a distribution of it, it means you are a human being and you are not an animal. You have inheritance from Adam. Praise God. So as long as you are like that, God is after you. God is after every person, every kind of person, every kind of soul. Praise the Lord. So, so you find, so it's very clear the reason why God distributed the earth and, and shifted men to different parts of the earth and moved them aside and separated their culture is because he wanted to, he knew that another God is coming who has sowed a seed that can make him quickly gain access to men. So let's, let's try and distribute them so he cannot gather them together and have his dominion. Do you know, do you know what I mean? So he cannot gather them together and do what? And have dominion. It means that he cannot, is, is to make it, let's make it difficult and a more tedious and longer process for him to, conf, to fully turn every aspect of man that has been what? Has been created. And there's a problem if he can't turn everything. There's a problem if he can't what? Turn everything. Let's say a man who has, has some level of, he has, has, he has some, some hybrid inheritance of some sort, maybe through migration. He has his deep African roots and nature. And then he, he migrated and came to the West and picked Western thought. So you have, a, you have a hybrid man walking. Right, now, imagine that, that the, 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 the level of iniquity on the earth has overcome, has, has prospered so great degree in, let's say, the Western culture. So great degree. That any, anytime you see a Western man, the, it, there has been enough prosperity of iniquity that has been inherited to defeat the mind of a Western man. Let's just say that is the case. I'm not saying that has happened yet. You know what I mean? But let's just say that that has happened. But when you now bring a man who is a hybrid, what will happen? When, when the, 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 the side of his Western frame is trying to, to serve the devil, there's another side of him that doesn't like that thing, that can disagree. Say, no, no, this thing is not good. Because he picked an inheritance. There's another place where he picked inheritance. Are you seeing... Are you seeing why men can't be just fully evil and men can't be fully bad? Because what makes up a person, they are different. There are different things in them. Praise God. And then let's, you, you find out that to, to, there are parts of a soul's faculty that is completely, that is not utilized. Yourself, there is a lot of part of you that are not utilized. That there, there are parts of your nature of your inward faculty of your soul that was never exercised until, let's say, you travel to the Western world. That when you came here, you now discover that there's, there are actually some other things about life that, that, they are, you know, that when you came to this world, this world began to wake up some things inside of you 
that you didn't think was not even a concern before. Do you understand what I mean? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. So, and that is a problem to the devil. So if, let's say the devil is able to fully take over one side. But he knows that there's another side of this man he doesn't even know of. And if you leave that man like that, one day God can wake up that side and begin to use it. I'm just trying to show you the depth of the soul. Praise God. That the depth of what the soul's what, the soul's potential. It means God can take a man and train him a certain way. Now, let me, let me give you an example. If a person grows up in a culture, let's say a Western culture, where they are not used to, um, you know, you know, where there's, you know, there's something about the Western culture. There's a cerebral, there's a magnification of the, 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 the cerebral, the brightness of the mind, over the, the feeling of the heart, right? Over the inward. Um, the, the, the inward, I don't know how we call it in a way that's not too scriptural. That is just a normal way that we understand things. You know, you, know, you see the way the white one man sees the black man. These guys always get excited, but they don't think too much. Then we will see the white man say, These guys think too much, but they don't, they don't you know, their life is empty, it's flat. They don't have spice. They always think, but they don't have spice. But we know we have spice, all kinds of sauces. Uh, this, the, 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 the southern black soul has things inside of it. Are you, are you getting what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. Amen. Now, so you see that the side that is developed in the western soul, that side can, that side can learn either life. It can learn the life of God. It can learn, you know, what the devil, or the devil can invest in that side because that's the side of man, of him that is woken up. But if that's the, the whole, if that's the part, side of his inheritance, and devil can walk on that and take it over, means restructure and reframe the, shift the whole framework of thinking in the Western world. It means that every thinking Western man will buy into a, a, a particular set way of reasoning, and they can't escape from it. He has taken over that, that world. But because that man, he hasn't explored another side of him at all, maybe he can then travel to somewhere. Maybe he's traveled to Africa or something, and then see another different way of living. I mean, there's a way that someone can live day to day without thinking too much. And just, it's more of a flowing being than a, than, than a thinking being. <laughs> Praise God. You know, you know that he can pick that inheritance in that side. But that, in that, what he picks might not have been cultured by darkness at the same level that his mind has been cultured. And through that thing he picks up, God can have an access to, to the soul. And it can, have, it can be vice versa. You get what I'm trying to tell you? And I just want to bring an understanding of this thing called soul. When you're thinking of salvation of man, there are many things involved. They think of salvation on an individual level, but they're also thinking about it on a collective global level. Why? Because the individual is just a little microcosm of, the, of what? Of the men and the different things that are happening where upon the earth. Praise God. So, I want to show you the, this, the, the wisdom of sitting upon many waters. The wisdom of sitting upon many waters is that there has to be a way to make all the waters flow 
into a seed and then find, so culturing individual waters is a more difficult job. Praise God. It, it takes long time. That's what the devil has been doing. He has been culturing individual water. When you culture different waters and you bring other waters that have not been cultured, it can mix, remove what has been put, the investment on it. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want you to look inside one's soul. This is an understanding, okay? I know this might sound a little bit esoteric, abstract, but this is understanding. This Bible. Praise God. I want you to picture, let's use what they, they use in the scripture, called purple and scarlet. Let's say you have seven streams flowing into one sea. In one sea, you, you mix purple and scarlet, or let's say two. The purple and scarlet here is the nature which the woman is wearing are the natures of death and destruction. Let's say you mix it inside, very, very condensed in one, in one or two streams, but then it flows and flows into the sea, and then five, six other streams flow. It will dilute what has been mixed. Are you seeing what I'm saying? It will, it will dilute what? What has been mixed. So it's, it's, it, it takes a long time to pollute the different streams, all the streams, all the rivers on the earth. The, I'm talking of rivers, soul rivers. It takes a lot of time. But even when you pollute it, you will not find that all men doesn't have all the rivers to begin with. So a man who only has a, a particular river flowing in him can access other rivers later. And I get what I'm saying? That can bring dilution to him. Now, you, there's something I want to paint a picture of end. Say end. So, the picture of the end, the end is a time when the, the works of spirits will change. That they will find a way. So, instead of acting upon specific waters in the souls of men, they want to find a way for men to come into, into what? Into into mixtures. And then when you can do that, pollution will be what? Pollution will be more effective. So, in other words, the, the end times, <clears throat> the, 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 the work of darkness in the end time is to, is to find a way to pollute the seas instead of waters. Do you know, the, are you seeing the difference? Pollute what sea instead of what water. How, then how will you pollute sea? You must find a way to globalize the soul of man. That's one of the push of the last times. And you, you will see that occurring. It's already occurring in our world now. You see, along the way, you see tribes, the, the concept of tribe begins to change from geographical boundary to other things. How? Because over time, there will be, be, or there has been, and there will continue to be the rising and falling of kings. Rising and what? Rising and falling of what? Of kings. When you trace in the scripture, you see that thing began. It began, the entire vision of Daniel was this thing I'm, I'm trying to describe to you. What I'm describing to you is very, very easy. It's not too, 
difficult once you just see it. Amen. Amen. The entire vision of Daniel, the series of visions of Daniel, it was, God was showing him, showing him the succession of kingdoms and dominions upon the earth. He saw the, the, uh, and each kingdom and each dominion was, it was talking about the dominions that ruled the earth at different seasons. You saw the Babylonian one. You saw the Medes and the kingdom of Persia. That was its successor to the Babylonian kingdom. Right? Then after that, you saw the Greek kingdom. After the Greek kingdom, then you know, they now spoke about another one that will come later. But we know that after the Greek, the Romans came. Right? And then, you, but there's a final kingdom. The Bible says, and it shall be diverse from all the rest of them. That final one is when there's been a shift in a sense, in a sense of the approach to executing dominion upon men. Before, the way to execute dominion was through the outward positioning of men. How men are positioned outward. That's how you have dominion. Because there wasn't too much of resources to directly access the soul greatly. So let's say in Babylon, for example, <coughs> you gather people, right? And then the man was literally like a god to them. Nebuchadnezzar was like a god to those Babylonian people. So, and across the earth, he exerted his influence. It means he controlled what men were doing. Right? So, physically, you see attributes of sort of dominion, but it wasn't piercing inside the soul. It wasn't as effective to reach what? The soul. Aha. Praise the Lord. But as the kingdom began to succeed each other, began to change, see the Middle Persian kingdom. So the Medo-Persian kingdom was weaker in the natural, but stronger in the spiritual. When I say spiritual, I mean how you, you measure spiritual strength is ability to have influence on soul, not on physical people. The Babylonian kingdom, he had influence. He owned everybody in terms of what you can do and all that. But someone in his soul can be doing something else that he cannot see because he's not powerful too. His power was more brutish, brutish power, outward. So when you say dominion, you literally see the dominion. I mean, you feel the dominion in your body that this man is having dominion over me. He literally restricts what you can do. You understand what I mean? He literally went to Israel and carried them physically from there. It's not, it wasn't like a Roman kind of arrangement. Leave you in your land, stay in your land, but I will come and be collecting money. And all. No, no. The man literally went to carry them. He carried all of them, went to their temple, carried all their things that they used to worship physically to his own land. <laughs> so that's, that's the kind of dominion. So, and you, they couldn't stop him. Nobody could match the might, the military might, and the economic might of that man. It was an outward God like that on the earth. Praise God. But, but we said the Middle Persian kingdom was a bit weaker in that respect of physical dominance, but a little bit more stronger in terms of being able to aha, uh -huh, being able to have influence upon what? Upon the soul. When it came to the realm of the Grecians, 
know, the, the, the Grecian kingdom, they represented as the leopard kingdom. Amen. That's another, that was when a door opened in the spirit. A door just became open. Ah, a window of another way of having dominance over men. That's when, so you see the Greeks were the guys who tangented into philosophy. Right? Philosophy, now found out, ah, philosophy can make dominion travel deeper. Of course, the spirits who are doing that than physically whipping people and forcing them and breaking them because you can beat a man and everything, but his soul is free from you. Even though his body is there serving you, but his soul is free. It's free from you. Praise God. Like when they brought Israel, said by the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down, and there we wept. Don't we remember? It means they were still remembering what? Then when they asked them to sing song, they said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? You know, they were trying to, to, to touch their soul, get their soul to sing by force. Imagine them flogging them. Oh, yeah, sing, sing all your Jerusalem song. All those things you sing that we hear, powerful, wonderful, worshiping people. They, we cannot sing it. Even if they try to sing it, it wouldn't be sweet. They can turn off the song tap and just be like, Sing now. This is not how you sing at home. They say, no, we are by the, by the rivers of Babylon. We can't sing that way in a strange land. Then what? But the, the, so the Babylonian guys were weak. How, what would we do with these people? They are not working. They are not functioning the way they function in their own land. How can we get them to function properly? You cannot get them to function properly. Are you getting ones? Because you didn't, it doesn't have the key of dominion, of soul dominion. But it had the key of outward dominion. When he came to the, 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 the season of the Grecian kingdom, it was different. They now discover something called philosophy. It's philosophia. Philo means love. Sophia means wisdom. Most of it is the love of wisdom. They discover, ah, there's another, there's a door through which you can have access to souls. Praise God. So, the, the, in, the, in the era of the Grecian kingdom, that was the time when spirits began to invest on thought on the earth. That's when they began to, before then, there wasn't too much investment of spirits on thought, on a framework of having dominion over men based on how they are thinking. It was more brutal. It was more outward. But when it came to the time of the Grecian kingdom, things shifted. So the, the, main, the main, what the, the Greeks did, the era of the Grecian kingdom, what they added to, to the evolution of man was they, they, they used them to prepare the, to write the script that future sort of dominion, future life will, praise the Lord, that future life will depend, when I say future life, I mean life, corrupt life on the earth. So they use them to write the script of the corrupt way of living. True, in Greek wisdom, a lot of things were defined. That one of the main things, that's where they redefined the concept of freedom. 
many concepts, right, which were still okay. They defined all those things and shifted things. And then the, it's through the Grecian wisdom, they also then redefined worship hmm. as well. They made, the, the Grecians made worship more spiritual. Before worship, worship was very dumb. Imagine Nebuchadnezzar. His, his biggest problem was that come and worship what? Of what? Image. Literally dumb. That's what they call dumb idols, right? Dumb idols literally an image where you just physically come and worship and all of that. So just purely demonic thing. It's very clear that that worship, Satan cannot collect too much. When a person is going to an shrine every day and worshiping, I worship you, you are my God, you are my God. The devil is angry because that thing you are doing is not touching him very well. That worship is not where he is. Not, you are not worshiping him because he is not, nothing is really rising too much. Why? Because you, you don't know anything. Do you understand what I mean? But in the era of the Greeks, they, now, they shifted, the Greeks were the ones who shifted the idea of, of, of gods. They, they're the first one that thought it's possible that gods don't really have to be real. They can be mythical. We can literally create them. Now, now the journey is the journey of worship is for man to start worshiping himself. That's the end. But it didn't the Greek did not start there. But rather, they started with let us let us create God that is an, our imagination. So you see, the entire Greek mythology is that instead of going to just worship idols, they created logos, stories, all kinds of thought, all kinds of things, right? Are you getting what I'm trying to say? To make that, that a man, that you see, so a, a person through thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking can be releasing worship from himself. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yes, so, the, so it was from the Greek time, seizing upon the earth, when the Grecians were controlling the earth, that was the time when the concept of men worshipping thought came from. Or worshipping through the means of thought. I know that's when worship really starts. So you find now that in that very era, a lot of the things, even a lot of what, the, the, what that era, the Grecians were used for was to establish the doctrine that further civilization will build upon. You see, democracy, for example, true democracy wasn't really actualized that well in the time of that era. But the guys who thought of those things and wrote things about it down, they wrote the script down, and later it began to be, be imbibed and began to impl be implemented. You know what I mean? And so they shifted, they began to shift men to make men a thinking man. Now, the problem with a thinking man, it sounds good, like it's an advancement, but the problem with the thinking man is that, okay, who will be supplying this thought that he will be thinking? Do you understand? Who's going to be supplying the thought? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So from that time, one of the, and also another big blow that, that the, 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 Greek, the Greek wisdom gave. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Let's hear. Prophetos, Imadia, Catalia, the Boschi, Cate, Venata, Brennecati, Bracati, Brennecati, Vrete teli, mekiostiva patario patile na catalia bababashi taminata. Oliete, mekiote vinte teti, setie menata. Efrioti, fefioti, fefiot, 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 fet, 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 Kemiete fe metotsia, kefete metotsia, keli metotsia, even bentio belati, even tilagatosti, vanti dadadosi. Eriatime criote, e criote, criete palia menata, elita, manita, melia papa, papa, gadagadoshta. Elita, for even a man, a man that goes after things is even useless to the devil. A man that goes after things is even useless to the devil. For the way, the way, the way men have fallen so far, so far that even the devil has to try to upgrade them back to the realm of thoughts. For when men fell from my realm, the imagination and the thoughts of their hearts was evil continuously. The devil is bringing, is bringing back thoughts. He's bringing men back to the place of thoughts. He's bringing men back to the place of thoughts. He is trying to raise men back to the place of thoughts. For in thoughts is his raising of images. For that is where he sits upon souls. That is where he sits upon souls. It is the thoughts. It is the thoughts and the imaginations of man's heart that offers worship to, to him. It is the thoughts, the thoughts, the atmosphere is being opened for his thoughts. For mm. yet, even in the times of those thoughts, for my thoughts are greater. For yes. men have <clears throat> lost my thoughts, and they have lost my ways. Yes. But in these times, my thoughts and my ways will become the thoughts and the mm -hmm. imaginations of my heart, of the men's heart, of men's heart. For the servor, for this is the servor, for thoughts are the servor that rises up to God, to mm -hmm. me. For servor, for servor, the servor, the servor of a man's heart are his thoughts. The servor, the servor that are acceptable unto me are thoughts, yes. are the thoughts of a man's heart, are the thoughts of a man's heart. I am bringing back thoughts. I am upgrading men back into high mm. thoughts, into high thoughts, mm. into high thoughts, into yeah. high thoughts. <laughs> Not fallen thoughts, but high thoughts. Even my thoughts, yes. even my thoughts, even my thoughts. I am bringing you back to my thoughts, yes. even my thoughts. These are the thoughts that make up my mind, Thank that make Jesus. up my mind, the mind of Christ, Shepherd the mind of a godly man. It's a thoughts. There are thoughts. They mm. are imaginations. Mm. They are the raising. This mm. is how I work in men, for I am bringing thoughts. I am bringing thoughts. It is that time where the thoughts and the knowledge of me will fill the earth and cover the earth. For even the enemy has broadened his way. He has broadened way by
by giving yes. thought for you to come into one narrow thought of thinking highly upon yourself. But I am come in my narrow way that I will broaden your heart mm. that you may see nothing yes. about you, but all you will see is me. Mm. I am opening the way of my thoughts, of my thoughts, Thank of you. my thoughts, Thank of you. my thoughts, that you. I will begin to break every narrow Thank thought you, that you may be broadened in your heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Okay. Let's read. I want us to read it. I don't want to just talk about it. Let's read quickly. You know, there are different visions in Daniel talking about the same thing, but the most concise one is the first one in chapter 2. But you can read the rest by yourself. So you can just read um, Daniel chapter 2. Praise God. Um, Daniel 2, if you're there, say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's read from verse 31. So this was, the king saw the vision, and then Daniel came and told him what uh, the vision. Okay, go, go ahead. Daniel 2 from verse 31. Yes, sir. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image. Mm-hmm. The great image whose brightness was excellent stood before thee, mm. and the form there was terrible. This, this image there was, the, was of fine gold, and his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and ties of brass, mm-hmm. his legs of iron, his feet part mm. of iron and part of clay. Okay. Thou sawest still that a stone was cut out without hands, mm. which smote the image upon his feet, and there were of iron and clay and break them to pieces. Yeah. Then was the great iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. Yeah. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole head. Okay. This is the dream, mm. and we will tell the interpretation thereof before thee. Okay, praise God. Can we read, it, read it again? Don't, don't be too fast. Okay. From verse 31. Okay. Mm. Just read, let's, let's understand it. Okay. okay. Thou, O king, mm-hmm. sowest and behold a great image. Mm-hmm. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. Mm. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his ties of brass, mm. his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Yes. Thou sawest till a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, mm-hmm. and break them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. Mm. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Mm. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation there thereof before the king. Yes. Verse 37. Thou, O king, at a great thou, O king, 
art a king of kings. Okay. But the God of heaven. This king was Nebuchadnezzar, right? The king of Babylon. Okay. For the God of heaven had given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. Mm. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, mm. the beast of the field and the fowls of the heaven had given into thine hand and had made them ruler over all. No, made thee. Sorry. Mm. And thou, verse 38. Yes. And wheresoever the children mm. of men dwell, yes, sir. the beast of the field and the fowls of the heaven had he given into thine hand mm. and had made thee ruler over them all. Mm. Thou art this head of gold. And after thee shall arise another kingdom mm -hmm. inferior to thee, mm. and another third kingdom of mm -hmm. brass, mm. which shall bear rule over all the earth. Mm -hmm. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron. Yes. For as much as iron breaketh in pieces mm. and subdueth all things, and as, I, and as iron that breaketh all this, shall it break in pieces and bruise. Yes. And whereas thou sowest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall divide, shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sowest the iron mixed with merry clay. Mm. Verse 42, and mm. as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sowest iron mixed with merry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to another people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sowest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God had made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain. And the interpretation thereof, sure. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Um, okay, I want us to read just a little bit. From Praise God. My problem is that all these things are too long. Okay. Um, okay. Can we read? Let's see, chapter eight. 
Praise God. Now, this chapter 2, where we read, you, you can see the different kingdoms, right? There's the kingdom of the, the head kingdom, which is gold, right? The head of gold. He said, you are that. That's your own kingdom. That's the Babylonish kingdom. Then there will be another one that will be a bit inferior to him, right? That's the silver kingdom. There will be another one of brass. The silver was the silver one that goes across like this. Then the brass kingdom from here down to the knee. Uh-huh. And then after that, a kingdom of iron. Then there will be, at the end of the kingdom of iron, there will be a kingdom of iron mixed with clay, which is a more weakened iron kingdom. Then before that, all those things will be destroyed. Praise the Lord. Now, um, in, when he spoke concerning it in that, in that chapter, he was saying each kingdom is successively weaker. Mm-hmm. Each kingdom. So one is talking about the weakness or the strength of the kingdom or the strength of the king of the kingdom. He's talking about the strength of the very human exerter of that dominion. will be getting weaker and weaker and weaker. So on the earth, there will never be a king like Nebuchadnezzar again. I mean... A man who can exert such a powerful dominion physically over men. But there are two things that will be, on, that will be ongoing. While the kingdoms are getting weaker, but rather, as it's getting weaker, instead, the exercise of spiritual dominion on men will be getting stronger. Nebuchadnezzar was too strong in terms of physical dominion for spirits to have their own dominion. So as, well, as the kings are getting weaker, men are getting more exposed to spirits. Do you see that? Okay, now in chapter 8, let's read chapter 8 from verse 1. Let's go. Daniel chapter 8, verse yes. 1. Mm. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, yes. a vision appeared unto me, mm. even unto Daniel, and after that, and Unto Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. And I saw in a vision, and it came to pass when I saw that I was at Shushan in the palace, mm-hmm. which is in the province of Elam, in the province Elam. And I saw in a vision, and I was by the river of Uli. Then I lifted up mine eyes and saw. And behold, there stood before the river a ram which had two horns, and the two horns were I, but one was higher than the other, mm. and the higher came up last. Yes. And I saw a ram pushing westward and northward and southward, so that no beast might stand before him, neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand. Mm. But he did according to his will and became great. Mm. Verse 5, and I saw, and as I was considering, behold, an eagle came from the west on the face of the whole earth and touched not the ground, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. Mm. And it came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing before the river, and ran unto him in the, fu- in the fury of his power. And I saw him come and I saw him come close unto the ram mm-hmm. and he was moved with chola against him mm. and smote the ram and break his two horns mm-hmm. 
and there was no power in the ram mm. to stand before him. But he cast him down to the ground yes. and stamped upon him. And there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Mm. Therefore, therefore, the eagle waxed very great. Mm -hmm. And when he was strong, mm. the great horn was broken. Mm. And for it came up for notable, and it came up for notable ones towards the four winds of heaven. And out of one of them came forth a little one which mm -hmm. waxed exceeding great mm -hmm. toward the south and toward the east and toward the pleasant land. And it waxed great even to the host of heaven. And it, and it cast down some of the host and the stars to the ground and stamped upon them. Yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, and by him the daily, the daily sacrifice, sacrifice was taken, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. Mm -hmm. And an host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression, yes. and it cast down the truth to the ground, and it practiced and prospered. Yes. Verse 13, then I heard one saint speaking, mm -hmm. and another saint sent another yes. saint said unto that certain saint yes. which speak, How long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice mm. and the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot? Yes. And he said unto me, mm -hmm. Unto two thousand and three days and three hundred days. Then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. Praise God. Okay, continue. And it came, verse 15, And it came to pass, when I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision and mm -hmm. sought for the meaning, yes. then behold, there stood before me as the appearance of a man. Mm. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli, which called and said, Gabriel, mm. make this man to understand the vision. Mm. So he came near where I stood. And when he came, I was afraid and fell upon my face. Mm. But he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for at the time of for at the time of the end shall be the vision. Mm -hmm. Verse 18. Now as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep on my face towards the ground, mm. but he touched me. And set me upright. Yes. And he said, Behold, I will make thee know what shall be in the last end of the indignation. For at the time appointed thee, for the time appointed the end shall be. The ram which thou sowest, having two horns, are the kings of Media and Persia. Mm -hmm. And the rough goat is the king of Gracia. Of Gracia mm -hmm. And the great horn that is between the eyes is the first king. Mm. Now the end, now the, now that being broken, whereas four stood up for it, four kingdoms shall stand up mm. out of the nations, but not in his power. Uh -huh. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors, transgressors are, come to, are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper, and practice, and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. And through his policy also he shall cause 
craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, and but he shall be broken without hand. And the vision of the evening and the morning which was told is true. Wherefore, shut thou up the vision, mm -hmm. for it shall be for many days. Mm. And I, Daniel, fainted yes. and was sick certain days. Afterward, I rose up and did the king's business. And I was astonished at the vision, but none understood it. Praise God. <coughs> Amen. In summary, can somebody summarize this chapter quickly? One minute. What was just read? Just summarize. Not, you don't have to explain it. Just summarize. Wesley, can you summarize it? You're not sure? Should I? Okay, let me summarize it quickly. So he saw a ram that has two horns, right? So that ram was the kingdom. You know, before he already had the vision of Nebuchadnezzar, right? Um, the vision of chapter 2 was the vision he had for the king, Nebuchadnezzar. And he was talking to Nebuchadnezzar about primarily his own kingdom. So you see, it was only Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom that was really mentioned in that chapter 2. He told him, you are that king. But he just told him, give me a preamble that two other kings will arise greater than thee. There will be a third one. And he just spoke about that based on the vision that he saw. But that was a vision to Nebuchadnezzar concerning his own kingdom. Praise God. But he also gave just a little insight. Now, there were other visions which, which he saw, but the visions in the book of Daniel are not written in chronological order in which they, which they happen. This vision of verse 8 was the vision that was received after that first vision. He said, in the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar. Belshazzar was the son of Nebuchadnezzar, right? This is the one who took over. Am I correct, sir? After Nebuchadnezzar, right? So when it was time, when he took over, then the, the, Daniel saw another vision. Now, not about the Babylonian kingdom, because, because in God's heart at that time, and this Belshazzar was a very, very, it wasn't a very... He was a very serious fellow. So, so in, for all intents and purposes, Babylon was gone. Even while this guy was on the throne, Babylon was gone. So Daniel would just, would just open his eye to just see vision of the next kingdom. So this, the kingdom that was coming was the kingdom. That's why this vision, they didn't show him about the Babylonish kingdom. Actually, the Babylonish kingdom did not exist anymore. I mean, in the spirit, he didn't see it. He just saw a ram having two horns. And that ram having two horns was actually the Middle Persian kingdom. And that was the kingdom that was. So he was just trying to tell this king, this is how your end is going to occur. And you, have, you saw very quickly after this vision, things happened. And then the, the Middle Persians came and took over. Amen. But he saw the vi a vision of a ram that had two horns. That was the kingdom of Medes and then and Persia. Then after that, he saw, a, they call it a, a, a rough goat, right? And he goat. Amen. Came from the west. Verse 5. Came from the west on the face of the whole earth and touched not the ground. And the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. And he came to the ram 
that had two arms. He said he touched not the ground. So he was just moving. So he's talking about this one. He was in, this, the, the strength of this kingdom was not buried to the underground. This is, this was a, this is a, a thought kingdom. It's not, a, it's not an, a ground kingdom. It's different from both the Babylonish and the Medo-Persian kingdom. So he came then, and then he said, verse 7, I saw him come close to the ram, and he was moved with color. That color is anger against him, and smote the ram and break his two arms. And there was no power in the ram to stand before him, but he cast him down to the ground and stamped upon him that there was none that could deliver what the ram out of what his hand. Praise God. Then you see this great goat, then waxed fat. That's the, the kingdom of what? Kingdom of Greece. He waxed fat. Then after a while, praise God, and the great horn was then broken. His own horn was broken. Right? And it, and it came up four natural winds towards the four winds of the heaven. And out of one of them came forth a little horn that then waxed what exceeding great towards the south, towards the east, and towards the land. And then it waxed great even to the host of heaven. So you're seeing the first one came out from the ground. The ram was on the ground with horns. The other, the, 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 this he goat came, he wasn't touching the ground, but he also wasn't touching heaven. It was in between the ground and heaven. And he was able to remove uh-huh. So the Grecian were brought investment of thought, but their thought couldn't really reach the height of heaven. It would take another, uh, another sort of dominion that came that will now grow. Praise God. Out of one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceeding great towards the south and towards the west and towards the pleasant land. It waxed great even to the host of heaven. And it cast down some of the hosts of, of the stars to the ground and stamped upon them. And then he magnified himself even to the prince of the host. And by him, the daily sacrifice was taken what, away. We'll come back to that, but let's just read the interpretation of it in verse 20. It said that the ram which thou sawest, having two horns, are the kings of what? Media and Persia. And the rough goat is the king of Grecia. That's the king of Greece. And the, ram, the great horn that is between his eyes is what? The first king. Now, so when he got to the kings of Grecia, they didn't mention other kingdoms' names anymore. But there will be successions of kingdoms. But you find that all of them have derivative from the Grecian kingdom. So the Grecian kingdom was the, the, the kingdom that brought a change of order. It's a change of order from where his own on will then begin to grow. And after a while, will begin to touch heaven. So that king is, this Grecian kingdom brought about the establishment of a different way of, of governance or another way of dominion upon men. That's not just based on outward dominion, but rather based on men's access to specific kind of thoughts. So before, men were not driven by thought. Men by, were driven by masters, just purely outward masters. But after a while, when the, the Grecian kingdom came, it began to, the concept of men being driven by thought, then what? Began to start. Men being driven inwardly and being able to 
allow worship to go up to spirits through what? Thought. So when you say thought, what's the meaning of thought? Thought is talking about inventions, right? Inventions, when thought comes to the mind, the mind uses in thought and it creates imaginations. Imaginations has to do with what? Inventions. Inventions that define ultimately how men will live their lives. Right? So in this time, the, you move into a season where for you to have dominion over men, you have to be able to give them a framework of thinking with, through which they can live. You have to be able to provide what, a framework of thought through which what, they can live. Praise the Lord. So after the Grecians, you saw other kingdoms began to emerge. You saw the Roman kingdom after the Grecians. In the time when Jesus Christ came, it was the Romans. The Romans were the ones ruling the entire world when Jesus Christ was born, right? Now, the way the Romans were ruled, even though they had force, they had power, they were not as strong as even the, uh, physically strong as the Grecian kingdom or the Medo-Persian kingdom or the Babylonian kingdom, even though they also had military might. But that was not the way of the exercise of their own dominion. Rather, they, they left people to do their own commerce, have their own economy, but they just call, collect tight. You must pay, well not tight, you must pay your tax to who? To Caesar. Now what is that tax? You say, what is it, how is tax connected to thought? Tax is connected to thought. Tax is connected to what? Tax, because the moment you stop thinking, Caesar will feel it. Do you understand what I mean? The moment like, you stop thinking means you stop being productive. Let's say all of Israel, just say we're not going to work anymore. We're not doing anything. We're not doing buying and selling. We'll just stay here hungry. And when it's time to come and collect tax for Caesar, they say there's nothing. We haven't bought anything. We didn't do any trade. We are rebelling. What will happen? Caesar will stand up and say, okay, what's going on? Are you guys different from all the other kingdoms? Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So the fear of Caesar wasn't direct, I'm going to kill you. It's a fear that you dare not stop bringing tax. You dare not stop your productivity. So you must bring inventions. You must bring inventions to make sure that wealth is being created. So you see, the, the Roman Empire was a very economically driven Empire. R economy. Am I correct, sir? Economically driven. And because in that, the, the Roman Empire was the empire that was able to, 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 to put at the core of their dominion, subscribing to the power of that god called Mammon. I said that, you, you are, very, you are very powerful. Because all men actually subscribe to you. So if we can, we can use you to get what they want, uh -huh, the allegiance of men. So, and then you got to a point where it was almost like an unholy alliance between nations and the, and Caesar and, um, and the Romans. Because as long as you are sending money to Rome, you are okay. So it means that everything in your life, um, colonies got incentive to apply themselves 
to their inventions and their creativity to sow their soul for material gain. So the more you can sow your soul for material gain, the more, the more, the, way, the better you will do in, in the eyes of what? Of the king. So you see that, that dominion was a more evolved part, type of the Grecian dominion. The Greeks were interesting guys. The Greeks, they can just think and think and think. It was almost like a, it was a, a thinking kind of thing, but it wasn't thinking with the emphasis of sowing of life. It was thinking, it was thinking with the concept of leisure. Thinking in the Grecian rule was different from thinking in the Roman rule. In the Grecian, they were thinking, all Aristotle and all of those guys, they were just thinkers. They just think, man, the thinking man, man was made to think. It's because all of the, they were just laying the foundation of the thoughts that men will be thinking for the rest of the existence of humanity. Praise God. But when he came to the Romans, he said, okay, it's now time. See all these thoughts that have been, that have been, that have been birthed now. Te- let's teach man how to use thoughts to, to die. How to, how to use thought, to, how to, through thinking, convert thought to cash and to productivity. So you now see why in the present order, now when you say money is the root of all evil, it wasn't always the case. Praise God. But in a time where, in a season where um, Mammon has become the governor. Mammon, you cannot separate that spirit of Mammon from the the worship of thought. The way Mammon has dominion, you know Mammon is a master. Right, the, the concept of having money and all that, that Jesus spoke about in Matthew chapter 6, that you cannot separate that from what? Worship through the means of what? Of thought. Because where you have plenty thinking, money is plenty. When you reduce plenty, plenty of thinking, money begins to reduce. In that Matthew chapter 6, Jesus was connecting mammon to thought. Matthew chapter 6, he talked about mammon, your master, how you serve and everything. Later, and I said, now take no thought for your life, what you will eat and what you will drink. And after all these things, the Gentiles seek. Praise the Lord. Am I correct? Yes, sir. Say, sufficient for the day is what? The evil. Are you seeing that? You can't separate thinking and money. The place on the earth where there's the greatest thinking of activity going on, those are the places where you find the greatest generation of. Money. But it, so the problem is that thinking now uses the soul. When you say thinking, it's not just cerebral, it's talking about the allegiance of a man. Now, when you talk about thought, productivity and thought are a different level. Me telling you, hey, this, 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 that, you think, oh, you agree, you use your mind. That's, not the, that's the basic level of thinking. Thinking is, the advanced thinking is when creativity begins to happen. Now, any time, creativity cannot happen without the spending of the soul. They are things, because, because where creativity comes from, men don't know. I give you, you a book to read it. You read all the information I gave you. You store it in your memory. 
and you can use that information to do things. That's, one, that's a low level of thinking. Right? It's a low level because when you do that and you are thinking about this, there might not be too much spiritual activity. But if you now take that thing and then you, and instead of just thinking, you're now able to pour, fetch a little bit out of your soul resource and pour inside that thinking. You've, you've, you've poured out offering for worship. When you pour an offering, a spirit will respond to you and give you ideas. Well, that's where creativity comes from. Nobody can be creative without the spending of their soul. Creativity is something that came to you. You don't know where it came from. You know that Eureka moment. Ah, it just happened. People have been there thinking about these things since nothing entered. But one day, spirit just it's very clear that creativity doesn't come from within the man. Creativity. It comes from without. Spirits are the ones who bring creative thought. Do you agree with me? Yes, <laughs> now, I'm not saying that all the thought that came, I came from the spirit, evil spirits. Holy, Ghost, Holy Spirit of God can also give creative thoughts. Right? Whenever the soul, but it depends on, it depends on who the offering of the soul was poured to. A soul that whose who's, who's offering is being poured to the Lord can break into thoughts of the Spirit. What brings thought is the spending of your soul. That's why if you are hearing the word, you are not doing the work. You will not be, you will not be heaven over you will not be open. You have a limitation. You have a limitation. But when, when, but when a soul is, is beginning to devote, are you getting what I'm trying to say? Like if you said, okay, God, I want to know you, I want to understand the Bible, I want to understand everything, and then you, you live your life the same way in terms of your, your life is structured so that how you pay your bills, how you take care of your family, all these legitimate things of life, which the, the, the world has been structured for you to care about that you don't tamper with that thing at all. Let's say you just have a little extra 30 minutes here and there, 45 minutes here and there. Means that you still, your normal leisure time, you do it. Your normal play time, you do it. The time you visit your friends, you do it. You do everything, your life is the same. But just say, God, ah, can you just, you pray and say, God, please, can you just open me? I want to be fellowshipping with your thought. I want to have, I want to think like you. I want to have everything. Ah, when you see somebody who is fellowshipping that way, say, God, I want to be able to, Oh, can the Bible open up to me like this? And can, can I begin to fellowship with thoughts at this level? But you don't tamper with your life. You can wish that from now till a thousand years. You never come into that. You can never come. Before things open to you, you must have poured something. There must have been, you must tamper with, with the flow of your the, the, the soul resource, your soul, your heart. That also means affection, the sowing of affection. The thing called, say, say affection. 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 When you sow your affection, it's the sowing of affection that causes spiritual resource to come. At the workplace, there's a difference between someone who is sowing his affection to the work and someone who is not sowing his affection to the work, who is sowing his affection somewhere else. In the company, the guys who are making 
the, the, the margin, the profit for the company. The guys who are in, 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 who are in the workforce, let's say, company that employs a thousand people, the guys who are responsible for the revenue, most of the revenue and growth of the company, a lot of times they might not be more than 20%. The rest of the guys are just coming there to do their thing and to go away. Just do their thing, they go, do their thing, they go, do their thing, they go. But that, but that doing their thing and going away has its own reward too. But the, the reward is more downstream in a sense that um, just the fact that you are, because that thing is also, they're also worshipping something. But they are, they are worshipping the spirit, but in, a, in an indirect way. They said that just the devotion of waking up every day, that is the affection in their heart. The affection can be the paycheck that is coming. All right? Where men sow their affection are different. So we see that bank account, what they see that thing, that's where their, their soul is pouring into that. And then all the things that that money can buy for them, that's where they, they pour their soul. Whereas in that company, there may be like 20% who, all those other things are not where they pour their affection. It's in the, the job itself. It's their life. So even when they go home, they are done with their wife, they are looking and talking with their wife, they are thinking about something else. The job they didn't finish that day, they are still, the machine is still going. Affection. And so in the company, those are the guys who are, who are in charge, who are paying everybody else. Because they're the ones who get the ideas. They're the ones who are directly fellowshipping with the spirit of that industry, of that place. And that, and that spirit is watching. Let their affection die. Maybe they, they have a kid or something. And then they get distracted. Their tap will close. Ideas will not be coming anymore. To break into idea, you must sow your soul. You must sow. You must sow your soul. Praise God. And the same thing, the same thing spiritually. If you try to handle the knowledge of God without sowing your affection, it will not come. The way you, the way, where, who revelation comes to, thought are souls who are sow their affection. It's, a kind, it's almost a, a kind of worship that you sow to receive, open your head for heaven over your head to open up. In other words, God's things don't come to people who don't care about them. That's one standard of God that can never be broken. I mean, God's revealing himself, his person and his nature. If you don't care, the Access you have is based on how much care and investment of your life can you sow into that thing. So sometimes when you are praying for revelation, it's where you can also shift your prayer a little bit. And say, instead of just praying, God, reveal yourself to me, reveal yourself to me. It cannot give you a sense that, okay, actually, why this thing is not common is that there's an arrangement of my life and my affection. You can say, Lord, re-channel my affections away from things where it is stored that is not what you. There is nobody whose affection is upon the Lord, who stay on him, who wait on him. Like the blessed man. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinner, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But whose delight, that delight is also like affection, is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, 
doth he meditate. So what a man delights in, that will he be meditating day and night. Then such a man, he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of waters that will then bring forth his fruit. So you see what will cause fruit to come forth are those waters that are coming to the soul. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? Praise the Lord. Uh-huh. So this, um, so you're seeing how the, the, the investment over time that the enemy has done, right, to, to make men, to bring men on that dominion. And these dominions are powerful. The same way a Jew couldn't just under Nebuchadnezzar just say, I don't like you, Nebuchadnezzar, anymore. I don't like the way you are, so I'm just going to go to this area and live my own life, my own, do my own thing. You can't do that. You say, hey, come back here. This is where, this is where your job is. There's no sphere, no empty sphere. Same way it is right now. Even though men don't have kings shackling them and whipping them and everything, even when you look at the, your present so-called government, democracy made it such that you are the one who will put them there. So that was a Grecian thought. Before, before kings were, rulers of men were gods, pretty much. You have no say who your king is. It doesn't concern you. And you too, you can never be a king. Your whole life, you would just be, and someone would just rule over you. You have no, no say. So, but democracy, the Greek thought, brought the idea that men can actually choose their rulers. is to weaken the concept of that outer dominion. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that there can be space for an in, another inward what? Inward one. Praise the Lord. So how we came here is I was trying to tell you how, you see those streams of waters that's flowing into the sea. I was telling you then that the streams, the definition of the streams and then definition of nations and definition of kings have change over time. So, who a king was back then, E.G. Nebuchadnezzar, king of, of Medes, Darius, Cyrus, king of Persia, praise God, that after a while, did those definitions change from who is the king of the physical country the person is located to who is the king of the, of the world of thought he's keyed into. You got what I just said? Don't need to say it again. You understand? Right? The king. So when I say, ah, do you have a king? Say, no, I don't have a king. I have a prime minister. <laughs> you are correct. Ah, but you actually have a king. If you are Canadian, she's the queen of England. So, so it's not that. So that concept of king isn't fully gone on, on the earth. Even though they are scarce, but they are still there. But they are very weak. See how weak Queen Elizabeth is to, to you. She is your queen. If you're a Canadian, she is your queen. But how much influence does she really have on your life? It's not too much. It's not too much. It's hard for, it's hard for her to define what you do, even though legally she's your what? Queen. Praise God. But you, each soul has his own kings. Who is the king of your soul? They are the, the people who hold the dominion of the kind of thoughts you like. Now you see what I'm saying. So what has happened is that 
there is still a concept of nation, tribe, and tongues on the earth, but it's not just primarily geographical anymore. Something has shifted. So if you are able to map out the, map out the waters, the map of the waters before, it's not the same map of the waters. If you look in the natural, you can miss it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So when it says the woman that seated upon many waters, let's go back to Revelation. Thank you. Revelation chapter, chapter 17. Praise God. Verse, verse 6, verse 14, sorry, verse 15. Revelation chapter 17, verse 15, it says, And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whole seated, are peoples, and what? Multitude, and what? Nations, and what? And tongues. <coughs> Praise God. Now, the, these nations are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. These nations are led by kings. In verse 2, Amen. Now, in verse 2, it says, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, right? And then, the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of our fornication. Praise the Lord. So, so the kings of the earth has, has done what has committed fornication, right, with this woman. But based on the fornication that the kings of the earth have committed with her, then you have the inhabitants. So who are the inhabitants of the earth? They are the what? The peoples, the multitudes, and what? Nations, and what? And tongues. So based on the fornication of the kings, the inhabitants of the earth have been made what? Drunk with the wine of her fornication. Amen. So the sea, praise the Lord, don't get distracted. The sea is talking about the, the realm of the soul, the inward part, the inward part of man, the soul, or the sea is talking about the inward man. Right, so a sea, when you say a sea, you can talk about the sea, if you're looking at talking about it, on the collective scale, you can say, ah, the sea is all the nations and all of that. But you can then take that and look at one man and say, inside a man, he has waters that's, and he has a sea on the inside of him. Now, a man, the sea then is the soul of a man that is made up of different waters and different streams that flow into that place. Amen. You see that? And so that sea is not independent. You know what that sea is? When you look at your own sea, your own sea, your own sea. Every man has his own sea. Right? Everybody has his what? His own sea. Praise God. The sea is, is the soul. And that the waters of the soul is, is hard for the waters of the soul to, to be handled. The reason why physical kings like Nebuchadnezzar and co. can fail 
to manage the sea because of the nature of the sea. I was talking with people the other day. I was describing the sea, the nature of the sea. If you stand beside the sea, the sea is very intimidating. The sea actually is like a monster. It doesn't matter. Nobody can tame it. Praise God. Nobody can tame it. It has its own way. But there is something that tames the sea and controls what the sea does and manages the sea. It's the wind. The wind. The wind is the manager of the sea. What is hard for men to do? Men, sea drowns men. It drowns ships, all kinds of vessels. The sea will swallow them as if nothing happened. To enter, you won't see it anymore. That's the soul of man. Anything external, the soul can swallow it. But when you see, when a wind comes, a wind has mastery of the sea. A wind can master the sea. A wind can drive the sea. And you see the sea moving, waves upon waves. And according to the wind, the wind is driving it. The wind, the wind is just moving. After a while, it can begin to dance according to how the wind is flowing. When he said deep calling unto deep at the sound of thy water sprout, the deep that is calling is talking about when the depth of a man, the sea of a man, begins to respond to the sea of God. That's God's own depth begins to call. And the water sprout is like when the wind causes the sea to well up and to go up. It's the, it's the response of the call of the depth of a man to the depth above. And what does that, what creates the response is the wind. Only the wind can raise up the sea and put it back. The wind can move the sea. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so it means that anything, the only thing that can have dominion over the soul is a spirit. That's the point I'm trying to make. That the relationship between the wind is which signifies spiritual influence. That only the wind can have what? Can have domination. Aha. So, of course, the, the ultimate wind which Man's soul is meant to respond to is the wind of the Spirit of God. Right? Amen. Amen. The Bible says that the heart of a king is in the hand of the Lord. And as rivers of waters, he turns it with us whoever he pleases. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So, this was just an a very, very long route of explanation to show you what we're talking about in Revelation chapter 14. Let's go back. Or 13, sorry. Revelation 13. So when they say, they saw a beast rising out from the sea. Ah, you don't understand what they mean. He's not saying that they are out of the Atlantic Ocean. That one day, news, news crews will come, helicopter, everything. They see a beast. Oh, I'm the one. The way they brought Optimus Prime out of the, <laughs> amen. <laughs> That's not how this beast will rise out of the sea. This sea is talking about, you saw the waters, which one woman seated. That she was preparing the waters. The wall is to prepare the waters for the beast. So that, 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 those waters where she seated upon is her workshop. The workshop of the world is to walk on that sea until a beast can arise out of it. Which beast will arise? That beast that carried her is the one who is sponsoring her work. That this is the condition that needs to be in place. Praise the Lord. So that what? So that there can be, aha, uh-huh, 
So out of the soul nature that has been worked upon. So and when they said sea, it's not a river. The beast cannot rise out of independent rivers. So it means that this man in whom a beast will rise out from the sea is a man who has, has collected dominion waters. He has finished all the world has to offer. He has prospered in the, in the, in the, 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 the life which the world has given. Praise the Lord. Now, but you now see that after the beast rise out of the sea, then later you now see the beast, another, another beast rise out of the earth. So, it, so th- this beast, the other beast that rise out of the earth is the, will be the preaching beast. Amen. He will be what? The preaching. the preaching beast. Now, when they spoke about the first beast, okay, in verse, oh, thank you, Jesus. I don't know, are you being blessed today? Okay. Now, verse 2, let's, let's try and extract and look at the operation of the first beast and then the operation of the second beast. And you see, what is ongoing here. Now, the operation of the first beast is the, thank you, Jesus. The first beast, verse four, verse three, and I saw one of his head as it were wounded to death, and it's, Deadly wound was healed, and all the world wandered after the beast. And they worshipped the, the, the what, dragon, which, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And it was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and what, two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and then them that dwell therein. So this blasphemy is talking about the beastly nature that will rise up within the soul that will now begin to, to bring forth blasphemy. Blasphemy means utterance against. Utterance against God and against his name, against his word tabernacle and against what? them that dwell. And they now say that it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and power was given unto him over all kindreds and all tongues and nations. Praise the Lord. Do you see that? So when he received power to war against the saints, this war is talking about the internal war of the soul for saints to, to take on his nature. Do you see that? For sense to do what? To take on his nature. Now, when this beast has arisen from the sea, men will not be seeing him yet. When the beast has arisen from the sea, this is not the time of when the physical man of Antichrist has come. Do you get that? Say, who is the Antichrist? Is it this guy? Is it that guy? That is not the 
This is not the time uh -huh, for that. Because this time he has only arisen from the sea. If he's been arisen from the sea, it means he can't be seen physically. And when you move into the, the realm of the earth, the realm of the earth means the earth which men are wearing. When you look for, look, check all the earths on the world, you will not find him. He has not arisen yet from the earth. Right, so it, 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 you will not find an earth. When I say earth, I mean a walking person with earth on him. Earth means this thing. Sea means the in inward man. Earth is the outward man. So you will not find like an outward person that is having the, the dealings, the, the manifestation of the beast. But there will be season where you can have inward nature that is beastly. Are you getting me? Now, when you say arise, that word arise doesn't mean one day that he will just arise suddenly. Arising is the process. So when you say that blaspheming against God, against his tabernacle, his people, he's talking about a soul that is worldly, who has been sat upon by the woman, the nations and tongue and tribe. There will be a time when she needs to be sat upon by what? By this beast as well. Which empire was giving him over all kindred and tongues and nation. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So this blasphemous nature first will rise up from within the sea, which is inside of souls who will begin to just gain strength to blaspheme against God. So the sign that the beast is rising up within the sea of men is when men can blaspheme God, can blaspheme Mr. Barnacle, and can blaspheme even them that what? That worship, that dwell in there, and them that worship in what? In heaven. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So making war with the saints now and overcoming them, he's talking about within, you have, you can see a saint. A saint, these saints here are not just, when it says saint, saint is not someone who's just born again. Right? The saints are people who are born again but have journeyed to a level. Now, they've journeyed to a level, but someone can journey to a point but because he has not been faithful in journeying. He has not been what? Faithful what? In journey. His journey hasn't been faithful. He can begin to detect a blasphemous nature on the inside of himself. Whenever the nature of blasphemy begins to rise, you see, they tell you a beast wants to arise. So you see, this beast is not someone that will arise from unbelievers. When, yes, 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 yes. This beast is not, because to be frank, many unbelievers don't lack the, the kind of, they're not schooled in the way that there are some things that have to be in place for a beast to arise. Some things have to be in place. Um, even if the person is an unbeliever who is worldly, he, he can't be an ordinary, just un, an ordinary unbeliever. He must have been a person who has really fellowshiped a lot with spiritual things, with spiritual thought. Right. Do you understand? And what spiritual thought? When you're fellowshipping with spirit, you're fellowshipping with pattern. You're fellowshipping with pattern. You're fellowshipping with heavenly pattern, not just earthly pattern. 
Now, do you know that the pattern of spirit, evil spirits of their make is heavenly? There is no evil spirit in hell or whatever with the devil who did not first live in heaven and who wasn't made according to heavenly pattern and heavenly design. There's none of them who did not have a place before. You get what I'm saying? So anybody who is relating with an evil spirit, let's say you're relating with a principality, they are giving you their thoughts. You know when principality, when they fetch a thought and give you, the thought is from their nature. They don't have any other place they get thoughts from. It's their own nature. They give to men. So a soul who, let's say someone is fellowship with a principality or a power or a might or a dominion from, of darkness. Let's say fellowship with them for a while. That soul will gain mastery of the first heavenly realm. But the perverted first heavenly realm. Then after a while, that soul can graduate and begin to fellowship with what they call spiritual wickedness in high places which are, some of them are seraphims and higher spirits who fell. Do you agree with that? Yes, sir. So, but when you, if you see a seraphim that fell, who is a spiritual wickedness in high places, inside of him is the knowledge of the, of the, of the second heaven and the, the knowledge of the holy place. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Is the knowledge of second heaven is the knowledge of, a holy, of the holy place. So the, the strength of the strength <clears throat> heaven was pattern of heaven is framed to hold life. But when those beings fell, they, they were framed to hold death. The amount of death a principality can carry. It's not, it can't carry the same amount of death that the spiritual wickedness in high places can carry. The amount of, and therefore, the amount of death a principality can sponsor in a man is not the same level of death that a spiritual wickedness can sponsor. Spiritual wickedness in high places. It's not just an ordinary kind of wickedness. It's spiritual, highly spiritual wickedness that is in high. So it's talking about the kind of wickedness that can be done in high places. Praise God. Now, now I want to show you very, very, that's why it's very, 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 (laughs) that's why in the Bible, this, you're not supposed to open somebody to some things when it's, when it's too early. It can be a problem. It can be a problem. One of the most, the most dangerous things to do is to interact with pattern of spiritual things, but never, but not serve them. But not give yourself wholly to them. You interact with the pattern of those things. Because when you interact with those patterns, they change your mind. The way you think is different. After a while, there's some things that you no longer value anymore. There are, there are people on the earth who are not Christian, who are not born again, but they don't really, they don't value just material possessions, like having a house. 
One of the richest men in the world, Elon Musk, if you see where he lives, you, you yourself, you will own that. He's not trying to pretend or anything. He just, he, doesn't, he just doesn't see going to buy a giant mansion golf course or something. You know, there's a way very, very low canal people think that you must live inside a golf course. You must have a golf course in your backyard. You must have, you can't, are you getting what I'm trying to say? That there's nothing in your heart that can conceptualize a higher state of meaning from life without those things. But you see somebody else who has, who's not a Christian, who has gone far, that the spirit has trained them that those are not the things that matter. There are other things that matter. There are people in the, on, in the world who they, they're not really concerned too much anymore about just acquiring things. They, are, they, are, they, not, they, they begin to move from looking at things to look at what spirits look at, to look at men. Men. That's a sign of a, of, of, a sign of, of, of graduation in wickedness. Is when yeah, an unbeliever, I'm, I'm talking from the other side of an unbeliever. When an unbeliever graduates from looking at things, getting things, to looking at men, you now discover after a while, when they've been trained by spirit for so long, building things is no longer satisfactory. They want to find a way to frame men and to build men. They become interested in other things that, don't, that should not concern them normally. Like, how are you raising your kids? How should the kids of the next generation be raised? How should society look like? How should this happen? How should that happen? I you think those thoughts of, they begin to have a sight of soul. Of what soul? Because those are the thoughts of spiritual wickedness. Spiritual wickedness is not thinking about physical, extracting gold and crude oil from the ground and all that. Any unbeliever who still thinks and is just amassing wealth, all of that, he's still a small boy. When they fellowship well with spirits, they will begin to focus on what those spirits focus on. What are men doing? They, they, they will now find such people, they want to now use their power and influence to influence how men are upon the earth. That's the sign. That's how you know such people. They become kings. They begin to think right, in the sense of dominion upon the earth. They also will become worship sensitive. They also, they will begin to gain a sense of when men are pouring their soul into things, they can detect when worship is going on and when worship is not going on. Because why? They've cooperated so much with spirit. After a while, they become so possessed with the concept of the trajectory of the human race. Where are we going to? The future of the race. All kinds of things. There are people who that's their problem. It's not about getting money. They want to, they want to redefine how humanity is. They want to, they are, that's their problem. That kind of headache. The headache of spirits. <laughs> that's how you know people who they have in fellowship for. So it's not every unbeliever that's an unbeliever. The one who is an arm robber stealing, that's not the one you should be worried about. It's the one that you can bring to your church and give your pulpit. Come and teach us. Those are, the, those are the ones that you worry about. Those are the kings. The, one that, the ones that look clean. The ones that look more responsible than all the Christians put together. The ones that have more discipline. They look like models 
of pattern of how all men should look like. Are you seeing that? Because they fellowship with spirits at a high level. Now, you have those guys. So what make them like that is fellowship with pattern. What pattern? Heavenly pattern. Through fellowshipping with spirit. But somebody who is a Christian can also be fellowshipping with heavenly pattern. Through the scripture. <clears throat> to the devil, he doesn't make too much of a distinction when it's time to use men. So somebody who is a Christian who has been trained by the scripture to have insight into soul, they are choice material to the devil. The moment you see some things, Satan will never leave you alone again. He can never leave you alone. You will have spirits full time following you, waiting for a gap, waiting for a is there, any, is there a place we can sow a seed somewhere? Is there, any, is there a space somewhere that we can? Are you seeing that? So you are seeing how it will be able to make war with saints and to do what? And to overcome them. Praise God. So you, you, one of the, the greatest, the remarkable events that will happen in the time of the end is what Second Thessalonians chapter 2 call what? That that time of the end will not come except the first be a what? A falling away. What's the falling away? To be the harvesting by the devil of people who he has sent to the church to get trained for him. People who he sent to the church. Why? Because the church has the tool here through scripture. Through scripture. Are you getting what I'm saying? Through scripture. They didn't, so in learning scripture, they were learning pattern, 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 pattern. But when it came time to make them their hold of life everlasting, <laughs> they failed in that place. Now the danger that until you become everlasting, you can lose what you have. Until, you become, until the life that is in you becomes an, ever, an everlasting, you can still what? You can still lose the life. Then when you lose the life, the devil can use the vessel that has been, because the devil has been patternized. He can, he can then use that, that vessel to sponsor another life and do a lot of evil and a lot of, a lot of wickedness. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to tell you? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So these guys who will blaspheme in this time, it's not many, you see many of them were church guys, not just any out church boys, not canal church people. A canal church guy cannot blaspheme. There are church people who came into knowledge, who came into understanding. But they were, there was a loophole in their journey. Like John was speaking about in the book of 1 John chapter 2 when he was talking about the Antichrist. Let's read that very quickly. 
First John 2. This area is a slippery area. This area, you have to be careful. Judas was not a devil the day he met Jesus. He met Jesus. Judas. I don't think there's no how he could have been a devil the day he met Jesus. He needed to be around Jesus to become a devil. How would he have become a devil without, without, without access to that kind of a man? He was being trained by spirit as he was, he was with Jesus. So it means proximity around the things concerning the pattern of heavenly things doesn't guarantee your safety. It's not the guarantee of your safety. The way to grant safety to a soul is a complex way that God, Jesus did it. It's something, there are many things that you have to submit to to be safe. There's God, they are in and different way, different layers. Different way. So you see all these saints who will be overcome. In terms of learning of doctrine, opening themselves to interaction with spiritual thought, they excel in that area. But there were areas where they were not fully okay, that they neglected, that made them able to fall away. The reason for the church, the reason for church, the church itself being made into an organism, right, is for the, to defeat this falling away tendency. So God said, okay, how can we find a way for people to learn this thing without being, do you know what I'm saying? I don't know if you are seeing what I'm saying. Hey. This is the reason for the womb of the woman in Revelation chapter 12. That's the reason for the woman. That child was not growing on the air. Even though the child was everlasting, it wasn't an everlasting child floating on the air. It had to be an everlasting child. An everlasting child must be hidden in the womb of, a, of, a, of the woman. As long as the child was in there, the, the devil could do nothing. I would say the devil stood there waiting for it to be delivered. Because why could he not just put his hand inside the woman and take the child? He cannot do that. He can't do that. There's something about that woman. Even though in herself she's not weak, she's not strong. Because when the child left, she had to run away. But, but she, is, she is crafted in a way that she can keep in safety the work that God is doing. That's what the church is. Do you understand what I mean? The church is that, is that kind of organism. The, there's, a, there's a technology inside the church. Hey, it's hard. It's hard to make a real church mind too high-minded. Because if you are really a church mind, there's a way you depend on the other one. And part of you is depending on this guy. 
and part of you is displaying. So there's nothing fully, there's no part of you you own by yourself that like you can go and submit to the devil. When the devil wants to come and take you, you not know, that part of you is anchored to this person. This one has, owns a part of you. That one owns a part of you. The other one owns a part of you. <laughs> it's hard for him to pluck you away. It's hard. But when, when you don't align with the body, you don't position yourself in the body and the church, and you're just by yourself learning your revelation. One day, <laughs> once he waves like that, it's time to go, man. You just say, bye-bye, all of you. I like you. Thank you for all the time we spent together. It's been okay. I really enjoyed it. It's time. I have other things to do now. Because there's no... You're not, you, you should be so... You should be so... You should be so um, rooted in the body that there's no way, nothing can make you fall. Fall away. Or fall out, no matter your revelation, no matter your insight, no matter your level of fellowship. Thank you, Jesus, for, for my church is my buddy. 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 I am the head of the church. I, 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 when I, Jesus, I'm the head of the church. I am the head of the church. I am the head of the church. I am the head of the church. I, even I, even I, Jesus, I am the head of the church. I am the head of the church. I am the head of the church. For any that is not part of my body has no part in me. Has no part in me. Has 
no part in me, for I am the head of my body. I am the head of my body, for every that comes under me, that comes under me, comes under my church, yes. comes under my church, yes. comes under my church, comes under my church, for the church is the representation of me on the earth. It is the representation of me on the earth, and it's only, it's only those who are rooted and grounded in my body, in the body of Christ on the earth, yes. that have safety. Yes. For being under is the place of safety. Yes. It is the place of safety. Yes. It is the place of safety. It is the place of safety. You may think the church is weak, but much more than you know, in weakness is much power. Yes. In weakness is much power. Mm. In weakness, it is much power. For the church is my is my body. It is my body. It is my body. And I am the head for everything that happens in the churches is me. It is me. It is me in every capacity, in every form. It is me. It is me for yet it is an opening. It is time. It is time for Lita Miosi Kabinta Diosi Ali and Peti Ventio. Elita Telita Lita 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 I say tell it. I say tell it. Tell it. Tell it. Tell it. Tell it. Oh, tell it. Tell it. Tell it. Tell it. Tell it. It is the time. It is the time. For I am raising my body. I am raising my body. Take your place now. Take your place now. Take your place now. Take your place now. For I am raising. I am raising. I am changing the order of times of the church on the earth. I am raising and changing the order of times on the earth. For it is time. It is time that I am connecting back. The heart of the fathers to the son. The heart of the fathers to the son. It is that time where mercy will temper judgment. Mercy will speak for. Mercy will speak. Mercy is speaking for the church. Mercy is speaking for to realign the church. For to realign the church. For stay under. Stay under. Take your place in my body. Take your place in my body. For everyone that is in me, is in me as a part in me. Stay in my body for none, 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 none can be kept if you are not in me. None can be kept if you are not part of my body for only those who have been given are those who are in my body and I can't keep you if you are outside of me. I can't keep if you are outside of me for the church is my body. I have come to keep and to take my church. I have come to keep and to take my church. I am raising in my body. I am raising my body to join, to join me, to join me, to join me. I am the head of the church. Yes. I, even I, Jesus, I am the head of the church. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. First, John chapter 2, very quickly. First John 2. Praise God. What God is doing is a serious business. So, yeah. There's so much contention against what God wants to do because of the kind of spirits that have vested interest in men. They can pervert anything. You just need to know who the devil is. He can pervert anything. Amen. So, as we are growing, we must also be growing in our wisdom for safety of how God has designed to keep his soul safe even to the end. Amen. 
So in First John chapter 2, it says, little children, it is the last time, right? And as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come, even so that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us. So these Antichrists that John is talking about, he's not talking about the ones that will be raised outside, that will never part, right? There will also be a way of raising Antichrists who were never really Christians or anything. But there will be some who went out from us, that they went out from us. So these are the ones who went out are the ones who we who fell away, or the ones whose power was granted to the beast who rose in the sea to make war against them inwardly and to overcome them. Do you see that? So they went out, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, that word of us means while they were, if they went from us, that means they were with us, but they were not of us. Do you see that? Uh-huh. They were with us, but not of us. Of, that word of us. With us, they were, but they were not of us. Because they went out from us. If they went out from us, they were somehow with us or around us, I don't know. But, but it means they were not what? Of us. Right, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not what all. That they might not be made manifest that they might not be what all of what of us. Mm. Amen. Amen. Now, what caused this is when there's still love for the world. From verse 15. I love not the world, neither the things that are in the, law, in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is what? Of the world. And the world passeth away, and the loss thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abide. So he that doeth the will of God does what? Abide forever. So what will make the soul abide forever is when he begins to do the will of God. God's own will, not the will of Christ. The will of Christ alone cannot make a soul abide forever. Right? It's the will of God that can make a soul because the will of God is the everlasting will. Is the, is the will of everlasting life, right? Christ, the will of Christ, will, he can give his soul life, but cannot ensure that that life will last forever, will be everlasting. It is actually the will of God that is to make a soul what, everlasting. But you see, so before they, they come into doing the will of God, right, they might, they can fall away. Praise the Lord. The soul can do what? Can fall away. Or the soul can be overcome. Mm. 
Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, worship, what this nature of, or the Antichrist nature, or the, the beastly nature, is really against, is what? Is worship. Proper, the actual worship of God. Okay? Now, worship is done by the according to <clears throat> praise God Hallelujah. to worship God is beyond just having access to the house or the tabernacle or the presence of God. To worship God, a soul cannot be a worshiper of God unless there is a fullness or there is a fullness or the presence of what you call the, the Bible calls it the testimony or the witness of God, which is what the tabernacle is actually keeping, is the testimony, or the, the testimony or the testament is the manual of worship. The testimony or the testament is what? The manual of accurate worship of God. The accurate manual of worship of God is the testimony or the testament. Amen. Now, inside, when, you're learning, when you say the New Testament, the learning of the New Testament, it involves many things. New Testament involves also the understanding of the pattern of the house. You know, there's the house of worship. But there's a house of worship, but then there is that which the wisdom of the house flowed out from, which also contains many other things, is the the written document of how the worship of God ought to occur. And that thing has many things on the inside of it. Okay, now, if when <clears throat> the, the nature of the Antichrist, or say Antichrist nature, it's a, it's a, there are already many Antichrists, even before he rises up out of the earth later, when he's rising out of the sea, the season of his rising out of the sea, right, are you seeing? Is a season where setting he will begin to attack something. What he is actually after is to attack the accuracy of worship. That's what the the beastly stature is a, is is able to now to raise a stature that can attack accuracy of worship. It can't be an ordinary. If you raise just a carnal nature, cannot attack. It doesn't have the the pedigree, the height to attack accuracy of worship. 
For, for someone to be able to attack the accuracy of worship, they must be aware of worship. There are those who have been raised concerning that matter to know how to attack it. How can we tilt it and spoil it? So, the blasphemy in Revelation chapter, amen. I, I just want to mention something so it won't go away. So, so that there can be a chance that if we can, if the Lord permits, to pick it up some other time. Praise God. <clears throat> this is a place that like the Lord has been taking us to, but it's been hard to get there. Amen. Now, so it says, now they worship the dragon and give power unto the beast. So who, who worship the dragon? People who have, have some wisdom or knowledge concerning a little bit of pattern of worship. Because they've been raised by spirits of pattern. Right? But after when they begin to worship the dragon, but dragon give them the power of the beast. Sorry. And they worship the dragon which gave unto the which gave power to the beast. And they worship the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is to make and who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things, and then blasphemy. The mouth speaks great things and blasphemy. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that would dwell there in, in heaven. Amen. So those that dwell in the temple are those who are, those who are, so when you're saying those, to blaspheme them and those, please, can we bring this all together inside one man? Right. So inside the person, the beastly nature, the antichrist nature can be talking. So the antichrist in a person can be blaspheming against the worshiper in him. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? You have to see this thing clearly. It's not for the waiting for someone that came and because I came to overcome you. He arose out of the sea. Inside the man's sea, he will rise up and start talking to him. Inside the sea. It's not going to be somebody coming to say, hey, right now it's time not to worship God anymore. God is this, God is that. That's not this thing. They're talking about something, a conversation within a man's heart. A beast that will begin to arise from a man's heart and begin to talk to him. To, what to blaspheme means, you see that pattern of worship, shift this one, put it there. Don't, don't do this one here. Talk about why, did God, why does God always demand this thing, this thing, this thing. This one is not really too, that, too necessary like that. You, you begin to speak against the, the attitude of God's demand for accuracy in worship. That, that attitude is fighting against, is trying to corrupt the witness of God. Because the fuel of worship is the witness of God within the heart. No man can worship without witness. Witness means the testimony, the, the accurate writing, the prescription of the will of God of how his worship is supposed to be done. So, in this, one time you see time of the end, it's time when this revelation and thought begins to come. It will not come without some, without some endeavor to pervert the integrity of how the worship of God should happen within the soul. And the soul must be, be open and be aware of it. Amen. There's no time to flesh this out fully, what, what I'm trying to say, but amen. Praise God. Kai, 
Sir? No, people have to use this place <laughs> by 2.30, actually. So we have to go. We have to go, but God is merciful, and God will, God will help us. This is a time there's a lot of emphasis on safety now um, because the devil can do evil um, around the time <clears throat> when, when it's time of the end. A lot of things can happen. Just read those churches in the book of Revelation. Churches who did a lot of good things. But God began to come and say, but I have this against you. But I have the other one against you. But I have this against you. I have that against you. I have this because there's, there's actually, there's a, there's a different kind of assault that comes upon a heart who is beginning to think about the worship and the, the service, the service of God. The Lord will help us and it will, it will strengthen us. Amen. How many of you know that this is not, I'm not talking about something you have to go and do by your power and everything. We're just talking, I'm just trying to make you aware of things that there's a, there's a side of God working in this area too. So yield to it. That's what I'm talking about. To open our eyes, to be aware of the manifold workings of God. To make a soul safely come to him. Because as the soul is joining, there are many traps. There are many things on the side. There are many pitfalls. Especially when it comes to the area of knowledge, the arena of knowledge, when knowledge begins to open. Because now, spirits become, this is their world. You are opening up their world. There are many things, evil, that a spirit wanted to do in a soul, but the soul is shut up from the world where such an evil can be done. But once you begin to bring knowledge to the soul, the soul becomes, once you begin, there's some kind of pride you never knew you could have until the first day you had some revelation and insight of the Bible. You, some way you thought you were such a humble person until some things began to after, until one day you began to see the world differently ah, me and this whole world we've been saying this is how it is after you can begin to judge and something and all kinds of evil the opening of someone's eyes can bring all kinds of evil around the soul there's some ambition that you, that you might never have had before that can begin to come by the time these things begin to open to a soul so there's also the safety of it. That thing must, we must never, never, must never take that side of it lightly. The Lord will help us and he will give us grace. And so we thank God for, can we just bless God and thank him for his mercy to, today and just thank him. Can we thank God that his mind is sound in a way, the, the way he gives gifts and the way he gives things. You know that he doesn't give things harmfully. Let's thank God for the robustness of his counsel and for it, that he has taught, you know, happy that he has taught everything out. That he knows Satan, he knows where Satan will end. He knows the perimeters around him and he has created safety for every soul and for every person. Just begin to thank God for that. And as you're thanking God, just begin to ask for help as well and that the Lord will help you to keep you safe. That the Lord will help you to keep you safe, that he will, he will cause his worship in your heart to be pure. He will cause his worship in your heart to be pure, to be unadulterated. That you will have pure devotion, pure hunger, pure love for him. That every contrary conversation, that the Lord will find, you will find grace and mercy to quench every flame of the enemy before it begins, arises in your heart. Let us begin to pray. Let's begin to pray for mercy. That you will receive so much mercy in this season. 
that all the mercy needed for your safety to keep you safe, to keep you on, to keep you going forward, ongoing, to keep you unperverted, to keep you straight on the straight and narrow, so you can fulfill the worship and the service of God. Kariarabosa. Parataliovske prahata paraparotake. Reparadoske tekenosa. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our Father, we thank you today. We bless you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for blessing us this day. Thank you for speaking to us, Lord. Lord, I pray, cause all these things to sit and to rest and to take root. May it not just go away. May it be as a seed that is cast upon a, a very good ground that will bring forth harvest 30, 60, even 100 fold in righteousness. Thank you, our Father. We bless your holy name. We give you all the glory. Thank you. Holy Spirit, minister the right thing which you want to say with this message. Let every heart be blessed with the right thought, with the right import, and release grace, Lord, for the fulfillment of everything that has been said. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. God bless you. you. Dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth.